if you're an exclusive pumper, you know, you are demanding more milk possibly, quite possibly, than baby is actually in need of. When you're putting baby to the boob, you're regulating much more closely to what baby actually needs. Hey mama, welcome to Tired Mom's Club with Be My Breast Friend. My name is Kristen and I am the creator of Be My Breast Friend on Instagram and BeMyBreastFriend.com. I am a mom of the four, third time exclusive pumper and CLC. Join me for the duration of your pump session, whether you're sitting in a dark room during your middle of the night pump, at work, traveling, or keeping baby occupied while you prep the next bottle. We are going to talk about all things lactation and more. Hang out with me while I share more insight behind some of my favorite pump reviews and breastfeeding products. There will also be guests. I have made friends with some of the coolest people around. We will touch on lactation education to maternal nutrition, starting your little one on solids, and sometimes just some freestyle chit-chat with my breasties. So sit back, relax, use some of that fancy hammer to trigger a letdown, and turn me up. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. And if you're new, thanks for choosing to listen to Tired Moms with Be My Best Friend. Again, I'm Kristen. Today we do not have a guest. Today it is just going to be me, myself, and I and you. So what I want to do with this episode is just lay down the fundamentals of lactation. I think it's super important to get an understanding, a baseline, a nice foundation on what goes into lactation, what drives lactation, and then what's driving it, what's going to regulate it, and then what's going to continue to take over and continue to hopefully keep us where we want to be with our production and keeping our volumes elevated, if that's what indeed is what we want to do. So um, I know this doesn't sound very exciting. It, It doesn't sound very exciting to me either, but I promise it's going to be worth it because before we can get into the fun stuff like primary and secondary pumps, mobile pumps, Willow, Elva, LV, um, what else is there? Motif Aura, um, cups even, like your Zomi, Legendary Milk Cups, um, Mom Cozy, Amani, like all of those things. We can't really talk about all of that until we talk about this because having a basic understanding of what drives lactation is going to help you decide when and when is the right time to bring in those other pumps. And I can't tell you how many times I get the message like, hey, I'm going back to work. Which pump should I get? Or, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm 32 weeks and I want to stay mobile. What pump do I get? And before I can tell you which pump I would even possibly begin to recommend, you have to understand the fundamentals of lactation because heaven forbid you get off on the wrong foot, which believe me when I say happens more time, more times than I like to even read and admit. Uh, It's really disappointing and it's not your fault. It's not, you can't, fault yourself for something you you don't know. You know whose fault it is? It's the advertising. And I have I have been on calls. I was on a particular call with this one company, which we're all familiar with, but I will not say the name. Um, and they said, hey, you got anything, last thing you want to say to us, like anything you can give us some direction? And I said, yeah, uh, you're advertising. You, you guys got to switch it up because it's really deceiving. And I'm not looking for a pump to do X, Y, Z. I just want a pump to remove milk adequately because that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to feed my baby. I'm not here to like, I don't want to give too many details away because I feel like I give it away who I'm talking about. Um, But it's just important to know that um, you need adequate removal. And I'm going to get into all of that. And when you start seeing all these um, advertisings for like, running marathons or doing handstands and like doing just goofy stuff and Pilates. Like, yeah, that's all fine and well, but is that like really what I want to be doing as a breastfeeding mom when I need to nerd, like feed my baby and need to pump milk? Like I'd rather make sure that I have a pump that moves milk adequately before I'm even starting to be concerned about running a marathon. So 
with all that said, let's lay down the fundamentals of lactation. And then hopefully after this is over, then you can like have a better idea and then kind of decide like when it is the best time for you to start bringing in these other pumps that you'll you'll hear me say may not be the best choice for your primary usage. Um, but that truly will be another episode. I just want to lay the fundamentals down right now and then we'll have fun with primary, secondary mobile pumps later. So the placenta that's been supporting your baby's development for the last nine months has also been producing high amounts of progesterone, which has been keeping your hormone hormone prolactin suppressed. We know that prolactin is the hormone that produces milk. So without prolactin, we're not going to have these like abundant full uh, milk supplies, right? So prolactin, so your placenta is delivered progesterone falls, prolactin rises, among other things. So I will source um, a study within the show notes of this episode, and then you can take a look and kind of read more in depth. But I'm just going to try to keep it at like face value for right now, just so we can get through this. Um, So without prolactin, we're not going to be getting those full volumes of breast milk. So progesterone drops, prolactin rises. And the way I like to describe this is imagine a car. So the driver's seat is your hormones. They're driving your supply right now. Like that's who's in control, assisted by you or baby removing. So whether that be pump or baby at the boob, like between the two of you, you are a perfect storm. Like that is what we want. We want the hormones. They're driving the supply. They're keeping it elevated with the assistance of baby or pump. And throughout these eight to 12 months in that, I'm sorry, eight to 12 weeks, our babies or our pump have been removing a set amount of milk that's setting the tone for our future supply. So it's within this time frame that our bodies are becoming familiar with the volume of milk that we quote unquote need to feed our baby. When you um, have baby at the boob, they're, you know, they're taking their fill. They might be eating on the left breast, possibly snacking on the right. You know, like we're getting like bits of milk here and here, possibly not both breasts. Maybe you're like, you're, you've got enough supply on one boob and their feet in there and your body is getting used to that. They know that we don't need this copious amounts of milk in both breasts. Like we're just feeding baby and that is setting the tone for our future supply. When you're pumping, typically speaking, we are double pumping, electric double pumping each breast. This is a whole nother topic for a podcast, which I don't want to get too off track here, but most times exclusively pumping moms find themselves with sometimes a pretty gnarly oversupply. And that's because our bodies in those eight to 12 first weeks of our postpartum, we're telling our body like, Hey man, we need all this milk. We are double pumping like every three and a half to four hours, call it, you know, uh, for 30 minutes at a time and bodies like, Whoa, like we really need to kick up the production on this one. So this is it. This is, we are going to be regulating to this now demand. So there's there's way more to this, and I really think that this should be a whole nother topic, a whole nother podcast, because I want to stick with regulating and like fundamentals of building your milk supply. But this is still like playing a part in the fundamentals. So if you're an exclusive pumper, you know you are demanding more milk, possibly, quite possibly, than baby is actually in need of. When you're putting baby to the boob, you're regulating much more closely to what baby actually needs, which is there is quite a difference there. And again, it could be another conversation, but it's really important to get that like in your head too, because I don't know where you stand. Are you pregnant? Are you just getting off? Are you just starting? Like, are you combo feeding with like, 
your, you know, breast milk in a bottle and baby a boob, or are you like one or the other? So just like having this kind of like side note knowledge base of like how your milk is going to start um, to respond like your production is going to respond to your removal and that's it. So if you've got baby a boob and baby's like, just like uh, doing its own thing and your body's adapting to baby's demand, it's going to be much more close to what baby actually needs. If you are pumping your breast milk, there's a good chance that you might have, you know, very possibly an elevated supply, which isn't a bad thing, but you want to know how to manage it. And with that said, let's put that on a different podcast. So Now, 8 to 12 weeks, our hormones, so this is a driver. Remember, the driver is the hormones and your passenger is your milk removal. But around 8 to 12 weeks postpartum, our hormones get in the passenger seat and our baby or our pump get in the driver's seat. So now we are responsible for driving our supply. So whether that be pumping on a schedule or baby feeding on demand, or maybe like baby sleeps through, you know, sleeps through a nap or whatever, you know, sleeps through and you're like, oh man, it's like three o'clock and baby's usually eating right now, but they're not. But I feel like kind of uncomfortable. You're going to want to remove that milk because you want to stay on schedule. It is up to us um, as mom to remove milk on that schedule to give that indication to our hormones, like, hey, we're still here, we're still wanting milk. So um, just taking a sidestep now. So just kind of like a recap, in the beginning, the first eight to 12 weeks, our hormones are driving our supply assisted by our pump or our baby's removal. Once we get to eight to 12 weeks, that's when it reverses. So now we've got baby or pump demanding that supply. And then we've got the hormones in the passenger seat saying, Hey baby, we're here to assist you. Like, all right, you, you make the removal, you let us know what you need and we're going to help keeping it going between our oxytocin triggering those letdowns and our prolactin is going to be producing that breast milk. So that is why it is so important to get started on the best foot forward. Because whether you have a baby with a good latch or adequate and adequate feeds, or you have a pump like that may or may not be doing like, um, a good removal, like everything in the beginning is going to set the tone for the rest of your supply for generally speaking, like you can work to get it back, but once you're regulated, it's more difficult. So that's why it's so important to make sure that baby has an adequate removal and adequate latch, making sure that your flange size is a proper flange size um, and making sure that you're pumping on a schedule. Um, There is a little bit more to this that I want to dive into Um, But I will save that for another few minutes forward. So let's see here. So now once we are regulated, we may notice a dip in our supply. Don't freak out. That is not unusual. It's not unusual for everything to kind of like slow down a little bit. And the way that you may find that you are regulated, because this is a pretty hot conversation too, like, hey, I'm 10 weeks postpartum. Am I regulated yet? Well, me sitting over here, like on the south side of Chicago, trying to figure out if you're regulated over there in Texas, I, I don't know. You know, I can't. I wish I could help you a little bit more. But it's really going to, you know, teeter on, are you waking up in gorge? Are you leaking through the night? Um, are you? have you noticed any change in your supply? Uh, it's There's a lot of different variables and I'll link a reel in the bottom of the show notes to just kind of like give you a little couple little more insights to how to figure out. And, and then again, this isn't like this isn't like a, a yes or no kind of answer because even with myself, I'm nearing a whole year postpartum already. It's crazy. And if I skip 
um, my night session, which not my middle of the night, but if I skip my last session before I go to sleep and I will wake up. And if, if say my daughter doesn't feed through the night, cause I nurse through the night and I pump through the day. If she doesn't nurse through the night, I will wake up and gorge. Am I not regulated? No, I'm still regulated, but like my body is like on this like auto drive supply and demand situation. So when I skip that session and I like kind of like skip out on the evening sessions, my body's still producing milk. So I may wake up uncomfortable. That's not a sign that I am or am not regulated. That's just my supply talking. So that's pretty important too to understand. So now you may ask, which I think is super important. I want to end on this. How often should you be pumping when you are newly postpartum? Because we, this whole conversation is about setting the foundation for your supply moving forward, right? And I know I had mentioned, and I think I had said that we're going to kind of, we can jump on this like on a different podcast at another later time about oversupply and like possibly um, uh, just triggering an oversupply if you're over pumping. But I think it's still important to just like kind of touch on this topic. So when you are newly postpartum in the hospital, you know, everyone's just like going right in their head. They go right to baby to boop, right? So they're like, okay, baby's going to be feeding eight to 12 times a day. Make sure, you know, that's what you're going to do. Just prepare yourself like eight to 12 times. And then they're like, oh, wait, you've got to pump. Okay. All right. Change of plans. So you are going to pump eight to 12 times a day. And you're like, holy cannoli, like how am I going to make this work? I'm going to lose my mind. It is different when you, and it's, someone may argue with me, it's very possible. It might be common, but it is, it is going to vary. It's going to be slightly different when you have baby looking to feed eight to 12 times a day. It is still absolutely exhausting. Don't get me wrong, but baby isn't going to be basically double pumping you electric pumping for 30 minutes at a time. Hopefully that's not the case, you know, with there's more to that too, but hopefully you're not sitting there like every two and a half, three hours for like 30, 35 minutes or so double pumping. Baby's going to go to boob. They might snack on one, snack on the next, and then, you know, doze off. And then a little bit, a little bit later, you're going to do it again. So here your body is adjusting and regulating eventually to this demand, like baby's, you know, a snacker there, but yeah, baby's a snacker. They're not eating like, you know, full, full volumes of milk. Cause when you pump, you find, you always hear pump until empty. Well, number one, you're never always empty. You're never actually empty. You're always producing milk, but until you get to like that higher volume is basically what everyone shoots for here. Um, like a larger volume, you're like down to a trickle, you're 30 minutes in, and then you call it, you know, turn off to hit the power button and come back three hours later. So when you start comparing the two, you've got baby at the boob demanding like the smaller bursts of supply. So ultimately they might be drinking like 24, you know, to 32 ounces a day, um, which is a pretty, you know, over 12 sessions, you know, is, is smaller bits of milk. Now, when you compare it to a pumping session every, you know, eight to 12 times a day, every two hours, and you are pumping quote unquote till empty. Now your body's like, holy cow, like we must be feeding a village, like keep it going, baby. So you're like producing all of this milk. And then when you get to your time to regulate between that eight and 12 weeks postpartum, your body is at this high elevated supply. So there's, you know, there's different ways to look at this. Some find it beneficial. Others find it like super difficult because, because of that, you 
could very well be more likely prone to mastitis, clogged ducts, you know, inflammation, narrowing of the ductways. Um, you just have an overabundant amount of milk. So even if you can handle it, what you might be asking yourself, what am I going to do with all of this milk? You could donate it. There's other things you can do. And some moms, they do you know, shoot for that agenda. And I have been there. I did that with my last. I was pumping a tremendous amount of milk and I had found a family in Chicago that I had donated like five, I think it was like 5,000 ounces I had donated to them. They had adopted a baby and I was one of their sole providers for milk. So that was excellent. It worked out really well for us. Did I want all that extra milk? Not necessarily. And I probably would have tried to regulate it down um, by reducing sessions, reducing time on the pump, regulating down to a new demand because I didn't need all that milk, but I knew I was doing this family a favor. And I was really happy to do it. So we kept it up and that relationship went on for a few months. So it was really great. Um, so there, there is a lot to be said about um, just getting off on the right foot. You want to make sure if you're putting baby to boob, you want to make sure that you have an adequate latch, that they're adequately removing milk. And I know I, I use the word adequate a lot, but that's because, you know, you could put baby on the boob and they, you know, they might fall asleep on the boob. They're working to get milk. Nothing's really happening. And then they're like passing out, you know, and, and you're like, oh, this, you know, she's got her fill. He's got her fill. And then, you know, maybe you're pumping and you, you think like, oh, I'm emptying my breast like this your willows doing such a fabulous job. Well, in the beginning, you have to remember that you have these hormones in the driver's seat. So you might have like, you know, your body's triggering that letdown. You might have like robust amounts of milk coming. So it might appear to be great, but then once your hormone switch and everything kind of switches around on you, then you might actually be regulating down to like basically a phantom volume because you thought that you had this robust volume when in fact you may not have. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I feel like it kind of is like fear mongering. And that's absolutely not my point, not one bit. Um, I think it's really important just to be aware that you have um, a well-sized fit fit on your flange. You want to make sure that you're using a pump the right way. You don't want to use and fall into that like willow and LV trap right out the gate because those pumps just don't remove milk as well as like a well-fitted traditional flange and a nice primary plant um, pumps such as like your Spectra, Opera Plus. Um, there are other ones out there. So I just think it's important just like kind of lay this foundation, try to get an understanding on why it is so important to get off on the best foot forward. And even if you're putting baby to boob, you know, you're going to, when lactation comes in, everyone always looks in the mouth, right? They're looking for ties. They're looking for that latch. They want to see how they're feeding at the breast. And these steps in the beginning are all going to help get you off to the best start because by doing these preventable measures in the beginning, you're going to be removing milk. Baby's going to be removing milk most adequately. And then when it's time for your body to switch gears, and now your supply is going to be driven by your removal, and then your hormones are going to, you know, come up and give them the ump they need to for the oxytocin and the prolactin to produce, then you're going to be like, you're going to be good. You're going to be golden. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast all about setting a nice foundation and your understanding of lactation and what's driving it, when it regulates around the time, right? Like we don't have an exact time frame, but like an idea of regulation and then so on and so forth and keeping your supply elevated by adequate and frequent removal. 
things that you can look forward to, I want to get into again, primary pumps, secondary pumps, mobile pumps. I want to get into when is a real true time to start pumping. Like if you are going into this with like no intention of using a pump, then you may never need a pump. And we're going to talk about that. And then how about if you want to be a combo feeding mom, like I am right now, I've been doing this for a couple of years. It's truly turned into my jam. I love it. I started as an exclusive pumper with my multiples and now I pump through the day and bottle feed and I nurse through the night. It is seriously the best balance and I absolutely love it. So I want to talk more on that. And then also exclusive pumping. Like I want to get more into that and truly like what is a good and ideal and reasonable expectation going into your delivery as an exclusive pumping mom. So you have all that to look forward to. I really, again, hope you enjoyed all of this. I hope you continue to come back for more and more and have a wonderful day and I hope you had a great pump session.